Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Who's ready for this You Asked For It series? (laughs) You don't know what you're clapping for yet? (laughs) All right. Hey, so... uh, you know, a couple months ago, I reached out on social media in the church and a lot of different places, and I said, uh, I want to do a series in November, so for the next five Sundays, starting today, I want a series that's really involving what you want to hear about. Like last month, we preached on the Jesus Files, then we preached on, you know, really the at the movie series, which we do in Christmas, we do a Christmas at the movie series that's really fun. But today, I want to preach on something that over 90% of those that reached out to me asked for this. 90%. So this is like, I'm talking like this is a felt need, not only in our church, but in our community. And so I, I reached out everywhere, online, in the What's Wrong with St. Francis page on Facebook. <laughs> do you love that page? <laughs> I hate that page. All right. And, and, and I was surprised. And here's why I was surprised, because... Because this is something I feel like Pastor Derek and I have already addressed multiple times in our church. And I'm going, man, people are still hungry for this. People still want, there's a felt need here. So a little bit of a disclaimer before I tell you what's up, okay? Here's my disclaimer. In this subject matter today, um, Pastor Derek can raise his hand too. Both of us, both of us, Pastor Derek, all right, he's my son. Uh, here, no, he's not my son, all right. Uh, we just pretend that he is because, you know, I only have five kids and he did a sixth, all right? And... uh Um, anyway, we are not professionals in this matter. Okay. So we, we are not all right. We don't have degrees in this. We have degrees in pastoral studies. I have a degree, a master's in leadership. I do not have a degree in this. Now I've studied this, looked at it, and we're going to come from it at a biblical perspective, but I'm asking for your grace. So if you're here and you do have a degree in this, okay. And you have thoughts or want to correct me or say something later that I'm totally open to that. But I want you to to realize that today I'm coming to you as a pastor and I'm coming to you as somebody who has actually walked through a lot of this myself personally. And so I can relate to the 90% of those that reached out have have talked about this. One in four people deal with this and that is mental health. Welcome to the Bridge Church today. All right. So this is a deep topic. So many of you reached out to me and are like, Pastor Chris, please preach on mental health. And I'm like, I just don't want to. I just don't want to. And yet God is going, your people need this today. And I don't know about you, but how many have seen, whether you've dealt with mental health or not, mental health, again, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to not let you tune out if you don't feel like you deal with mental health. Even if you don't deal with it, how many have seen it increase in the last two years more than ever in our world? Okay. Yeah, it has big time. All right. So I'm not a professional counselor. I'm not a psychiatrist at all. So if you have one, do what they say. If you are on medication for something. This is not, all. Oh, Pastor Chris said I can just come up to the altar at the end of the service, ask for prayer, and throw away my medication. That is not the style of our church we do. I give God the praise for the medication that we do have that God has blessed us with in today's day and age. That's how I look at it. I'm not asking you to look at it that way, but I'm going to praise him either way, all right? Thought I'd hear an amen there, but it's all right, all right. So I'm not here today to depress anybody because the moment we hear mental health, we're like, oh, we get that Eeyore mentality, all right? So today what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to share some stories that are, might sound depressing to you. I'm going to ask you one big thing, and this is what I call it. Today I'm asking you to do this at the beginning of the message. I'm going to share a little story about Joseph in the Bible. I'm going to share some personal stories, and we're going to bring a call to action. But during this whole thing, if you are in agreement with what I'm about to say, I want you to say, yeah, will you with me today during service muzzle your Eeyore? Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, so... 
Moving on. If you don't know what that means, ask your neighbor, all right? Want to, want to leave Tigger, like Tigger-like, all right? I don't want to depress you. And some of these stories are going to be, get you down, and I don't want that. And so a lot of times, for those of you that, that don't have mental health, or I haven't, I think a lot of times what happens is we look at it as a stigma, or, oh, you just don't have enough faith. Or I've reached out to people, and I've dealt with some depression and anxiety, and the first thing they tell me is, you just got to spend time with Jesus. Thank you. As a pastor, I don't. I mean, me and, you know... <laughs> Don't try to, and it's like, no, I've done that, man. So what's going on? What's going on internally? Or, or have you heard this? Or maybe we've said this. I've said this. Just got to be more positive. You just got to be more. Can I tell you somebody that's dealt with this? That is the last thing you want to hear. Cause it's like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying, but I don't know how to get there. So let's just get everybody on the same page with what I'm coming at today uh, with a very difficult topic, mental illness. What is it? Well, if, if I could, took Derek up here and, and him and I arm wrestled, and obviously I would break his arm. Um, <laughs> your pants are on fire right now. And, and what would happen is he would have to go get a cast on it and fix it because there was obviously a problem, all right? Whether, my, whether he broke mine, whether he won, but you know what I mean, all right? Okay? Same as in mental health. It's a condition that needs to be fixed. And there's hope. I want you to know there's hope today. Okay? There's hope. If you're going, oh, Pastor Chris, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what's happened in the last two years. Um, You don't know what's happened to me either. And I'm going to share a little bit. It's going to get uncomfortable for a little bit. If you're okay with it getting uncomfortable just for a little bit, I'm not going to ask your permission. All right. So mental illness. It's a medical condition disrupting a person's thinking, feeling, mood, or ability to relate to others in a daily functioning. Okay, so that's the definition I'm going with. There's a million different definitions, but it's a condition. So it's just like breaking your arm. It's something you have to deal with and figure out. It's not just like, just pray more there. Just, 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 you got to be more positive. It's just going to go away on its own. Now it might, but what if it doesn't? What do we do? How do we, how do we deal with that? In fact, mental illness, it could simply be your body's way of telling you that something's off. Okay, it's something's off or your brain chemicals are off, something, okay? Now, one in four people are dealing with this and it's even higher. It's closer to one in three right now since COVID. And so I want you to know, look at me, if you're one of the one in three or one in the four, look at me right now. I can't see your eyes, so I don't know if you're looking at me yet or not, all right? So no, no shame here, okay? Something I've dealt with too. You are not alone, okay? You're not alone. You might feel like it. You might feel isolated. You might look like you got it all together on the outside and you're dying on the inside. No one knows. You're not alone. Amen? Okay? You're not alone. There's hope, and I want to talk about that hope today, all right? So way back years ago, 11 and a half years ago, Heather and I had this dream, and our dream was to start the Bridge Church. Now, it didn't start like that. I never thought of myself as a church planter. I, you know, I, I didn't think we would do that. I thought someday we'd pastor church. I didn't know it was going to happen so quick. It's just amazing how quick things change in life and how it happens. And, and we started to dream about it. And for those of you that have been to an intro dinner, you know a lot of this story. Heather and I prayed about, well, where do we start a church? How do we lead a church? Uh, we've never done this before. This is, this is brand new to us. And, uh, if you know anything about St. Francis, we are the first church plant in the St. Francis area in over 100 years, like in St. Francis, not, not talking Oak Grove, not talking like, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Okay. That's still going. And, and if you ask the, uh, the Baptist or Lutheran church, they, they still fight on who was the first one here. All right. So I don't know, but, um, anyway, 
we were getting ready to plant the church. We didn't know which denomination to, to go with. We didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to do it. We learned a lot of things, not what to do from other pastors that had gone before us. And so we had to do this assessment. And I'll tell you what, this was nerve wracking. We decided to plant with our denomination or affiliation, which is the Assemblies of God. And they have an assessor who they hired from the E-Free Church who came out to our house and for eight hours had to assess if they thought we were psychologically and mentally prepared to launch and plant a church. Well, that was fun. Just a mat, eight hours where you're like being assessed. Like, are you good enough to do X, Y, Z? And I was nervous. I'm going, I've never done this before. And some of the questions are, have you helped lead a church from a thousand people to 2000 people? No, you know, like I'm going, I don't know if we're called to do this. Well, we get to the end of the assessment and then he gives us this whole like package and he, he kind of unpacks it with us for about an hour. And he says, you are ready to go. We think you're going to do great. Uh, we've got a 99% chance you're going to succeed. Now, how many of you hear that? And you're not thinking about the 99% chance you're going to succeed. What are you thinking about? The 1%? Why am I going to fail? What's wrong with me, right? Like 99% chance is going to be good. And I just said, uh, excuse me. You said 1% chance that this is not going to work. Can you tell me more about that? And, and this is literally what he says. I have this documented in my office here. It says this in the bottom. It says, because of your love for people. I'm like, what? Because you love people too much. I'm like, what does this mean? You know, I never led a church before. I I didn't quite know what it means. If you have your Bible with me, open this morning to Genesis chapter 37. If you don't, we'll put it on the screen in just a moment. Let me give you a little uh, feedback or or a little history here on a gentleman named Joseph. Joseph. Okay, Joseph's one of the favorites. Uh, this is Jacob's, one of his favorite sons. He's got 12 sons. Joseph is the second youngest. He's, he, he gets this coat of many colors. He's just loved. That's all you got to know. There's more to the story. But for sake of time, I can't get into all of it this morning. And uh, his brothers hated him. I mean, just despised him. The reason is, Joseph wasn't that bright in the dreams that God gave him. So God gave him some dreams. And they weren't even Joseph's dreams. They were God-given dreams. And Joseph decides to share with the wrong people his dreams. So he goes to his brothers. And, and here we'll read about one of the dreams he has. And so just, just realize these dreams that Joseph has. And if you're one of his brothers, how do you feel about this? Okay. Verse uh, 5 through 7 here in Genesis 37. We'll put it on the screen. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Cool. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had, guys. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. You will all bow down to me someday. Joseph, not sure he had the discerning gift right there about sharing that dream with them. They hated him. He had another dream about that with the moon and the stars and they're bowing down to him. And, and finally, Joseph, Joseph is like thinking he's the favorite. He's got this coat. His dad loves him, you know, because it's with the wife of his, of his youth, of his dreams. And his brothers hated him. And so they take Joseph out. They like almost took him out, took him out. They took him out to this field because they were going to kill him. They wanted him to die. All right. And so his older brother, Reuben, who had a little bit more sense and probably had been there feeling a little bit what one of the youngest brothers was feeling is he said, let's not kill him. Let's not kill him. We don't want to go that far. You know, rather than killing him, we'll just sell him into slavery. You know, that's a little better, right? It's not as bad. And uh, they sell him to this group called Midianites. And uh, they see them, them coming by, and they're like, hey, let's sell them to, to the Midianites. And they sell Joseph to the Midianites. And, and 
eventually the Midianites then take him and they sell him to somebody else. Here it is in Genesis verse 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So he was like over the army. Pharaoh's all, Pharaoh's like president of Egypt, okay? And here is his right-hand guy, Potiphar. And so think about this just for a moment. If I'm Joseph, your brothers hate you. They're talking about killing you in front of you. And then they decide to sell you into slavery instead. Here you are riding off with this group of people that's going to put you to work or sell you again. So now you've been sold again to slavery. I don't know about you, but how many would think he probably needs some counseling? Probably. Yeah, if any of us went through that, we're going to need some counseling. And so here he is. He finally gets to this guy named Potiphar. And depending on your personality, we would have all handled Joseph's predicament a little bit differently. There's some of us, when stuff hits the wall, we get really depressed. Or we get filled with anxiety. Or we get hurt. Or we get burdened. There's some of us that are just like, I don't care, whatever, bah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, and we plow through and really we're hurt. We don't ever tell anybody because it's a pride thing. Well, verse 2 of the chapter 39 of Genesis said, The Lord was with Joseph. I want everybody to say that with me. The Lord was with jo- everybody now this time. The Lord was with Joseph. Okay, did it look like it? No, it didn't. Is God with you? Does it look like it? I was no. We'll keep going here. All right. The Lord was with Joseph so that he what? He prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Now, this is a very funny way of looking at prosper. Okay, because here he is living in his Egyptian master's house, Pharaoh. He's with Pharaoh, and it all goes really good, doesn't it, at Potiphar's house? If you know the story, it does not go well. Potiphar was married to a scumbag wife, all right? It's putting it lightly. She basically says, oh, he, he wanted me, and he tried to get me, and oh, he did it, and, and we, we, you know, we went and had, you know, you can figure out. And uh, Potiphar's wife, man, threw him under the bus. Well, Potiphar feels stuck. Well, I got to believe my wife. I don't know why, but okay. And so he believes his wife who's lying to his face. And what does he do? Potiphar is one of the, he's the captain of the guard. He's in charge of the army. And so he decides to throw him into prison, okay, into the king or president, if you will hear the Pharaoh's dungeon. In other words, we'll read it right here. Genesis thirty nine twenty. Joseph's master, okay, that's Pharaoh, took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Now, remember the verse we just read? We read that the Lord was with, does it look like it yet? No. (laughs) Out of the mouth of babes right there, man. I love that. Okay. Here he is. He's desperate. In his time of desperation. Okay. He could have fooled around with Potiphar's wife. He didn't. He didn't sin. He could have, he could have prayed down curses on his brothers when they tried to kill him and sell him into slavery. He's with the Midianites riding off to be sold to Pharaoh, or excuse me, to Potiphar. He could have, you know, he could have complained. We don't see that in the word of God. Then he's in prison. Okay, any theologians in here? You know how long he was in prison for, most likely? Eight years. Eight years. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, okay, God, you gave me those dreams here. I am in prison. Um, were those just my thoughts? I don't know if those were your thoughts. I'd start doubting that I was actually hearing from God. You know, I'd start doubting that he was real. I kind of feel a little anxiety, a little depression. Like I'm, I'm all alone. I'm in this prison. I don't know way out. I don't know how to get there. I don't know what to do. God, you said you were with me and I was going to prosper, but you wanted my brothers to kill me. My oldest 
you know, say, I got this new plan, sold me into slavery, been sold again, now I'm in prison, year after year. And I just picture him, I'm not saying he did this, this is my own interpretation, but he's in there just like scratching, you know, every day that he's in there and looking. Well, six years into it, something kind of cool happens. And maybe he's going, there's hope finally. So you have the, the chief butler and chief baker of, of Pharaoh. So they're, they're not the guard, but they're very important people because the king has to trust them or Pharaoh has to trust them. And because they could initiate, you know, they could have poisoned Pharaoh. They don't, but we don't know why they're in prison. They're, they go down in prison. They have these dreams that Joseph interprets and they're right. One of them is, is going to prosper. The other one's going to die. Not the greatest interpretations, but he was true to the word of God. And I'm thinking in this moment, wouldn't you as Joseph think, all right, God's utilizing me some way. God wants me to prosper. He wants something cool to happen. That was year six. Two more years, he's still in prison. Two more years in prison. That's crazy. Two more years. See, we started the church. And the counselor that assessed us said, you love people too much. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this means. I don't quite get it. Well, it takes a uh, COVID-type situation, I think, to figure that out. I'm going to get really uncomfortable with you just for a moment. So I want you to bear with me. I'm not here to make you, I'm not here to have a woe is me moment, but I'm revealing this for those of you here this morning that have dealt with mental health or you know somebody that does because I want this to help, all right? Don't pray to be a pastor because then you reveal your crap from the stage sometimes. All right. I just want to get personal with you for a moment. Is that okay? Just for a moment? Is that all right? Okay. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Okay. So pre, really when it kind of hit the fan was March of 2020. We were averaging 130 to 140 people every Sunday at church. Okay. Derek and I were talking, we were dreaming, we were praying about land that, that I had been praying for for the last 10 years in St. Francis that I wanted to build on. We, we had actually already applied for two purchase agreements for the land. Both of them were not accepted. Um, we, we prayed about, hey, we got to go to two services. We had every chair set up in the church, and there were still people that were standing in the back that had to because we didn't have enough room. We were thinking about going to two services because you could not walk back through that hallway. I know it's already it's tight anyway, but you couldn't do that. And then March, I'm down on spring break uh, with my family in Florida, and we're driving back, and we're listening to what's happening. We're like, man, this is awful. This is, you know, this is huge. This is like an end of the world type thing. So we decided to shut the doors for that Sunday. Little did I know that we were going to shut the doors that Sunday physically and not have service here until June later that year. And some of you remember this, but we closed doors, and I went up to Heather's parents' cabin, and I just prayed. I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't know how to lead this. And what was funny during this time is I'd go on social media and there was all these like famous pastors of buy my book, 10 ways to lead, you know, through COVID. And I'm going, you've never led through COVID. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's horrible. Like really? And uh, we opened back up in June of 2020. And uh, now granted, we were only allowed 50% uh, during that time. That was a mandate. And we opened and I decided to have two services because I heard every, every pastor friend of mine said only a third of our congregation has come back. And I'm like, not at the bridge church. We're different. That's not going to happen to us. That's not going to happen here. And so we talked to Derek and Derek looked like I was crazy, but he still supported me because he loves me. And, and, uh, it's one of those leading up moments that he just, he probably just prayed for his pastor. And, uh, 
we had less than 60 people show back up. We had 20 the first service and 40 the first felt like nobody was in here. I was a broken man, dude. I was, I was broken. There was tears. And it's not about attendance. I want you to know that every person in here matters. But when you come off of going, man, we got to expand and we got this. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And then it got worse before it got better. A couple weeks after this, there was a mask mandate. We went to one service, thank God. The mask mandate happened the first Sunday the mask mandate was in effect. We had 25 people in service. And I was broken. Now, many of you are still faithful and still gave, which was awesome. But I got to tell you, from a, I was depressed. I was filled with anxiety. I thought, what am I doing wrong? I, I was broken. And, and during that time, you know, everybody's saying, you got to have your online stuff. If you look in the back, you see those two cameras up there. Those are not cheap cameras. We invested a few grand in that to do that. And, and we're like, all right, well, well, at least reach people online. And then Derek and I would get text after text. We can't see you. We can't hear you. We can't have this. And Derek and I are like pounding our heads going, we didn't go to school for broadcasting. We didn't go to school for this. And we're trying to do the best we can. And, and with that, and, and, and then we get it all figured out. And we're still having issues because to this day right now, if I look grainy or Derek looks grainy on, on screen, it's because our upload speed, the highest we can get right here is three megabytes. That's the highest we can get from any company at all. And, and I'm going, there's no matter what we do. And so I'm getting like just down and depressed. And finally, I, I had some that, that came up to me during that time. And they told me, Pastor, we got to leave the church. And I said, why? And they go, Pastor, there's not enough people of color in your church. I'm not kidding. And, and I had some people tell me that if I follow the mask mandate, even though I had to, uh, they said, what's next for the church? You're going to turn an eye to the Jews going to the concentration camp, aren't you, Pastor? I was told I wasn't preaching boldly enough. I didn't preach about abortion, even though I'm probably the most pro-life person in the world. Or I didn't preach justice enough. I was too nice in the preaching, tickling ears. And then those that were offended left. And I touched base with them later, and they're still not going anywhere. I don't care if they don't go here, but it broke my heart when I, they're not going anywhere. And I still see them in town daily. In fact, people said, Pastor, I can't come to church yet. I can't be in public yet. And then I would run into them at the store. I'd run into them at the restaurant. And, and everything in me wanted to be like, you're a hypocrite. But instead, I, I prayed for them. I've questioned during that time how close to get to people. And how much do you let people in in an effort to protect myself because I was hurt? All during this, eventually at the beginning of 2021, for those of you that don't know, I was in the hospital uh, in the ER, had a, a tailbone cyst called a pineal cyst. Well, I thought things were getting better. And then uh, before that, my birthday, 2020, we did something really fun. My birthday is April 6th, so it's right in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, uh, my kid, JC, who just got married a couple of weeks ago, had this idea of what if we all do our own PowerPoint we put a PowerPoint together, and somebody else in the family presents the PowerPoint. Dude, one of the funnest things we've ever done. Had a blast doing it. So we're down doing this as a family. And I have to tell you, that was one thing about the pandemic that I love and I miss right now. Because I got to be with my family 24-7, man. I loved it. Never played so much basketball in my life, man. And, and here we are doing this, and Heather says, hey, you got to come upstairs. And I said, why? So we're having fun. It was in the middle of one of the presentations. She goes, because there's people here, and some of you are part of this. And, and thank you for this. And by the way, huge thank you for last week. You blessed Eric and I's socks off. We were not expecting anything. And, and, and all these people started throwing cards in our yard because you still you know, had to distance and all that. And by the way, I hate the social distance term. It's not social distance. It should be physical distance, by the way. All right, relationships matter. Everybody's throwing these cards into our, our yard. And I was thinking about this uh, a few months ago. Half the people that 
drop cards into our yard, no longer attend our church. It's in a year. And I was broken, man. I was in tears. I was just, I sat there on my knees. I'm going, God, what am I doing wrong as a pastor? What am I doing wrong as a leader? Do I need to buy that book? How to lead your, you know, church through, through COVID? Like, like, what am I doing wrong, Lord? Well, I think what happens, and you can continue to go down that downward spiral, no matter what your story is. That's mine. I just wanted you to hear. I'm not here to, what was me or all the, you guys here are supportive. You're great. You've blessed Eric and I, and we're super honored. I want you to know that, okay? Um, big time. But then there's these mental health issues we buy into. First is this. There's two that we buy into, and I'm asking you to realize that these are lies from the pits of hell, okay? You maybe need to write this down because some of you believe these. And I write this down and then go burn it later. Number one is God's forgotten me. You think Joseph felt forgotten? I don't know how you could. He's human. During COVID, I felt forgotten, man. I was like, God forgot me. Did I do, did I have some sin issue in my life? I know we're all sinners saved by grace, but I'm going, did I, did I do something? And it was every church, you know, many friends of mine have had to close their doors in the last couple of years. And, and it breaks my heart. And I'm going, Lord, what, what do we do? Well, the cool thing that I see, the difference between Joseph is Joseph never doubted God. We don't read about him doubting God ever. He believed those promises that God would take care of him, that God would be there with him. But you start doubting him. Can I just, can I just tell you this this morning? And Ted, I'm gonna, I'll invite you up, Ted, in a little bit, okay? Not, I'll invite you up in just a few minutes, all right? Don't raise your hand, but how many of you, don't, don't raise your hand, okay? How many of us have ever doubted God? Now let's turn that question around. Because you might have doubted God, but I just want you to know this, and some of you need to hear this this morning. He has never doubted you. Okay? Okay? You doubt him, he's never doubted you. I think faith sometimes, we go, man, I just got to hold on to God. When really faith is letting him hold on to you. A lot of times. Okay? First lie, God has forgotten me. And this, one's, this second lie is a tough lie because it's impacted our church um, firsthand. And that's this lie. It'd be better if I wasn't here. This is a lie from the pits of hell. I want everybody to look at me right now, okay? I want you to look at me. I don't care how bad it feels right now that you're going through. I don't care what you feel like you're going through, how bad it is, or you're thinking, man, you're a burden to others, or, or you're going, Pastor Chris, you don't know my situation or how bad it was. People make these decisions in five seconds, five minutes, five years, where they go, I'm just not needed, I'm a burden. And I want you to know right now you're not, Okay? I want you to know that even if you and I had the biggest theological disagreement, I would want you to live. I would want you to prosper. I would want God to bless you in every single way, shape, and form in your life. Okay? Even my enemy, even, even the person that disagrees and doesn't even follow Jesus, I don't want them to ever take their life. I want them to live out their purpose. And I'm going to pray for them until they pass away someday. And I pray that it's in God's timing. Okay? You're worth it. You're valuable. And those of you right now that when I say that, you don't feel that, you need to keep telling yourself because you've been lying to yourself. Okay? Those are lies. I think what happens too is sometimes we go, well, life isn't fair. It's not. I'll tell you that. Life's, dude, COVID pandemic, it's not fair what's happened. We have people in our church right now with parents in the hospital that we need to keep praying for. It's impacted probably all of us by now. Life's not fair, but nor is grace. Okay? Grace is not fair either. Jesus, we talked about last week during the files. He's on the cross being beaten. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Okay? 
I think what's happened today is there's this false gospel that goes around where it's like, man, just give your heart to Jesus. Or there's a prayer at the end of a televangelist, you know, on online or, you know, one of those preachers online that's got like the three inch eyelashes, you know what I'm talking about. And, and, and they're like, man, just give your heart to Jesus and it'll all be great. And you'll be prosperous. And if you're not, you don't have enough faith. Bullpucky. Okay. Bullpucky. And here's the deal. When you give your life to Christ, it might not all be roses. Because he doesn't care about your circumstance. He cares about your character. And he's going to develop that through that time. Genesis 39, 39. Pharaoh said to Joseph, look at this. Years later, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. (laughs) You talk about a promotion. They went through a land of famine in Israel at that time. It was crazy. The land of Canaan, the promised land, they were dry. They were, it was desolate. And if it wasn't for Joseph being here, he couldn't have taken care of his family. He couldn't have led the Israelites the way they do. And if you follow down the line, we want to eventually see Jesus, our Savior, through this line and through this bloodline. And so we have so much more going on than we can even see a picture of it. Yet God blessed him. We didn't know what was going to happen, but God took care of it. What are you struggling with this morning? Is it going, God, what have I done wrong as a pastor? Am I not leading well enough? What is it, Lord? You feel like Joseph? We're going, God, you promised that things are going to be good, but man, it's been tight financially, or I'm, I'm in worrying, or I'm hurt, or I'm depressed. What is it? Second Timothy chapter 1-7, I want to give you a couple verses. Some of you need to memorize these, all right? He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. He's given you that, a sound mind. How many of us like to ignore that part of our mind? We lie to ourselves, don't we? Yeah, sometimes medication is needed to release the hormones that help us think that. You know, the, read about the serotonin studies. There's great peer-reviewed articles about that. But I tell you what, I want Christ's mind. I want to act like him. For those of you that know, I go to Anytime Fitness. I work out there. I lo- like, that's my drug. I love going to Anytime. And I'll go in there, and there's people that used to go to our church that are in there. And I walk in there, and i got a choice to make. You know, it's either, don't be offended here, but it's either this or, or, It's fuzzy. There were no fingers in that. That's uh, <laughs> that word not bended. All right, and so just keeping it real. And uh, you've been there. Some of you are still there. But you know what I do instead? Instead of being like, "Oh, I just want to curse them," I go up to him like, "How you doing?" I'll give him a hug. My favorite part was when I do that, they look so uncomfortable and I love it. I put my arm around them because I want Christ's mind. All right. Ted, would you come on up? Can I give you a little side note for just a moment? This is going to be tough for some of you this morning and it's okay. If you came here from another church, you didn't get saved in the bridge church, you came from another church and you got frustrated about something at, the, at your other church and, and you left not on good terms. I'm not asking you to go back to your church and, and all that, but I am asking you this. Pray and see if there's something you need to make right with the pastor that you came from. Because if that pastor can't cover you or can't correct you, they can't cover you. Okay, I'm your pastor. I'm here to correct us through the word of God, not, not Pastor Chris. But I do that because I care for you. I believe most pastors are like that. Maybe you left on bad terms. Make it right in your heart. It'll be a blessing to them. You call them and say, Pastor, man, I didn't leave on great terms. I just want to apologize. I love you. Even though we feel called here, that's okay. That's okay. 
You know, you, you, might not, you might not think about that pastor that you used to put your care under anymore, but I can tell you this, they think about you probably every day still. Every day. That's just the heart of a pastor. It's Derek's heart too, I can tell you that. You know, I had a friend of mine who uh, used to come here and, and I'll never forget this. And he, and he said to me, he goes, because Pastor Chris, I need to talk to you. I'll tell you what, if you ever leave a church, leave like he did. This is what he did. I loved it. It was so good. He goes, I want to take you out to lunch. He says, I'm feeling called to, to go to a different church, and I just want to talk to you about it. I'm like, thank you. And, I, and, I, and we, we got down, and, and we, we were eating together at Subway, actually, in town. And, and uh, he said to me, he said, I feel like I need to go somewhere else. And I said, can you tell me more? And he goes, he was younger in his early 20s, and he said, Chris, there's not a lot of people my age in the church. And I said, I get that, but if you leave, there's less of them. And he goes, I get that. But he goes, and this is literally his words. They're not my words, okay? These were his words verbatim. He goes, I want to go to Substance Church, which is a friend of mine, pastors down Spring Lake Park. I said, that's fine. It's a great church, Bible-believing. And I go, can you tell me why? And he goes, because there's a lot more hot single women there. (laughs) Bless you. I don't know what to do with that. A couple years later, I hadn't heard from him in five years. I get a text from him. And his text is, Pastor Chris. And, and like, you know how on an iPhone it'll like gray out somebody if you haven't texted him forever? Well, his name popped up and I'm like, I think this is him. And, and I remembered and he's like, I need help. And I was like, dude, you left me. I ain't helping you. No. And, and I said, what do you need? And he goes, I'm stuck. Our car won't start. We went down the Rum River and we're, we're in St. Francis. I was there within five minutes to help. Not because I'm a good person. No. I'm not at the heart of it, but I have the mind of Christ and I want his mind. I want to love like him. Let me give you one last verse here. It's John chapter 15, verse 12 and 13. Just skip a, skip a slide there. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Some of you got to memorize these scriptures. You know, go ahead and put the other one up there. It's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is good for some of us. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, present your request to God. But look at this. The peace of God, will tran- which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some of you need to take pictures of these, of these and, and hold on to them. <clears throat> Let me just finish with, with this. Now, I was going through all this stuff with COVID. All these things were happening. I, I was feeling really down. I was feeling really discouraged. Um... And something really cool happened. I had a, uh, a friend in church, and a lot of pastors say, don't be friends with people in your church. Whatever. I, uh, I go, okay. And uh, a friend of mine called me probably in the darkest hour, and he didn't realize I was in one of my darkest hours. I was dealing with some, some very depressive thoughts. I was down. I was feeling like, I don't know how to do this right now. You know, people are, I'm ticked if about, you know, wearing it, the mask, not wearing the mask, CDC, not, C- like, I'm going, you know, you know, today I know there's nothing like, you know, vaxxed or unvaxxed, there's none of that today, but all of, all of that kind of stuff where everybody's got an opinion, and you're going, how do I lead when half the church has one opinion and half the church has the other? Well, we'll just segregate next Sunday, so, you know, no, so, so I think what happens is I'm going, how do I do this, Lord? I need you to show me some grace. God, like, help, Lord, help. And just as maybe Joseph felt, like, Lord, where are you? It's how I felt. And I get this, I get a phone call from a friend of mine within the church. And I, I think they're out shooting Bambi this morning. And I know we're a few minutes over. Just stay with me for a minute. And uh, he calls me and he goes, 
goes, I got to ask you forgiveness for something. This is not common to him, by the way. This is not like his MO. I'm like, forgive what? You didn't do anything to offend me. And he goes, I hate masks. I said, I don't like masks either. I said stupid mask from the pulpit two years ago, and the family left because of that. I'm like, all right. I bless you. Go somewhere else. Um, And he said, I got to forgive you because I thought, you know what? I put it on to go do other things, but I'm not putting it on to go to church. And and it's not your rule. I said, no, it's not. I have to do this. And uh, so we're not policing people, you know, and, and uh, he goes, I know. And he goes, I'm really sorry. Dude, I broke. I just broke. And, and I don't think he realized that just entered this whole new realm of, of healing. You know, forgiveness takes one reconciliation takes two. And it was this incredible process that we had together. That's my story. Part of it. Okay. I hope it didn't make you too uncomfortable. I just wanted you to know where I was coming from. Think of Joseph, what he went through. It was way worse than whatever I went through in the last year. I don't know what you're going through today, okay? But there's hope. And you don't have to go at it alone. Whether it's anxiety that you deal with, whether it's a a mental disorder. And please, again, in half an hour of a message, you're not going to fix all of that. Jesus can. I'm not saying he can't. But if you're on medication, you're seeing a psychologist, please continue that. Do that. That's good. That's really good. Don't ignore it, though. So here's what I want to ask. I know we're over. Just, just stay with me. We stand to your feet this morning. Just everybody, go ahead and stand to your feet, where you're at, wherever you're at. And this is what I want to ask is this. And I'm just going to have Ted, will you mind just keep playing? Just keep playing. Two things, okay? First of all, for those of you that have not dealt with mental illness individually, love somebody else. Make the phone call. Be a blessing to somebody. Two, if you have dealt with mental illness, okay, or you deal with depression or anxiety, how many books do I have down there? I got four. Chris Hodges, uh, one of my favorite pastors in the United States, wrote this book called Out of the Cave. It's phenomenal if you feel stuck. I have four of them here. Uh, When they're gone, they're gone. They're free. Please take them if you need them, okay? Um, If you personally need one, take it, okay? You don't have to pay for it. The church has paid for these. Take them. It's a great resource. Here, Derek. Last is this. I just want every eye closed here this morning. I want to pray for you. And then if you want prayer, I know we're over. Um... But if you want prayer today, me and Derek, we talked earlier this morning and we're just going to stay up here for a few minutes. We're not going to come back. Um, But if you want prayer, we're here to pray for you. You know, we're here to lay hands on you, talk with you, listen if you want for a little bit, okay? And so I'm just going to have Ted play here for a little bit while we do that. If you don't need that and you need to go, that's understandable. Thanks for your patience this morning. And uh, head out, say hi to somebody. So I'm going to pray with you and then either head out quietly or uh, if you want to come up and just ask Derek or I to pray with you, we would love that this morning. God, I thank you so much that you call us out of the cave. You call us out of the prison. You call us into life. Lord, you only do that through your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life on that cross. It's the only way we receive eternal life. And that's the start of surrendering to you. Maybe we have done that and we need the next step. We need healing for the hurt, for the depression, for the anxiety, for the worry for the lack of peace that we have, for the unforgiveness or the bitterness that we're wrestling with, for the doubts that we have in you or maybe feeling like we're not valuable or worthwhile. God, would we stop believing the lie and believe in your truth this morning? Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts this morning. I thank you that you've been with us. I thank you that you've been gracious to us with such a tough topic, but so many wanted to hear about. And allow us to continue to lean into your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus.
This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.